Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terrilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. It is Terrilyn and Felicia here. Caitlin is not with us because this last week she had her baby and it went so smoothly and she had a healthy little baby boy. So we're very happy for her and we will miss her, but that's where she is right now doing something very important. Mm-hmm. Snuggling with a newborn. Yeah. Which, can I just say, guys, I don't want any more children. I am very pleased with my amount. But watching him and holding him, it makes me just want a baby. Totally. For like a month. Yeah. Just, just that experience. Four weeks of baby. I want to give birth, I want to have the baby, and I want to hold the baby and sniff the baby. And then you can't give it up. Well, I know, but I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're in too deep. <laughs> but I came home to my husband after she gave birth, and I was like, that makes me want to do it again. And he's like, do you really? I'm like, well, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> actually. Well, actually, no. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I'm very satisfied, but still, it's, it's precious. Anyway, we are here today. We're going to be talking about jealousy, and I'm so excited about it. But first, uh, my high five goes to Felicia today because she has reminded me that we have permission to be our age. So guys, I am 36, which as I say that, I realize that 36 is not old. However, I have recently, maybe over the last couple of years, been realizing that I am actually aging. Like, you know, I have wrinkles around my eyes, and... And it's okay, but I have just, I don't know, it's just barely dawned on me that I am, in fact, aging. And so many people that I know have done so many things to make it look like they're not aging at all. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends look younger than they did 10 years ago because there's just, there's a lot of options now you can do, right? Mm -hmm. That allow you to look like you're a lot younger. (laughs) Yeah. And um, Felicia, we're, we're friends with somebody on social media who has had a lot of, um, and as I say this, I'm not saying this with like judgment, but she just has a lot of the, let's say reversing age procedures that have been done on her. So she looks like she's 17 Mm -hmm. and her husband is just like a regular person. And so he looks like he's late thirties. Right. And she posted something that said, you know, don't men just get better with time or something. And Felicia in a really loving, like kind, non-judgmental way, she just said, it's because we allow men to age like, and, but we can all age. Like, we yeah. really can all yeah. age. Yeah. And it was like, and it was amazing to me because you could tell a lot of people resonated with that sentiment. And I just want to thank Felicia for just reminding me that it's okay. Like, I can give myself permission to age. Sometimes I feel like it's an act of revolution to allow myself mm-hmm. to age. But I can just, like, it feels like I'm, like, using up my courage to do it. It's harder than I thought totally. it would be. But... Just thank you for reminding me that it is okay to just be my own age. I'm okay with it. And as I say that, it's totally fine. Whatever you, everybody do whatever you want to do. You choose. There's no judgment here. (laughs) But I'm just saying for me, I'm just choosing to like allow myself to age. And sometimes it's harder than others. And so thank you for, high five to you for giving me permission. Reminding me that men and women, we can both (laughs) age. We can. Well, it's a reminder to me too. Like I have to think about that often. And... Ugh, the more of us who embrace that if we want to, 
Because that's the want. thing. Yeah. I have also, like thinking forward to myself, wanted to make that choice, but it is tricky. When you're s- surrounded by a lot of people who don't, and that's also fine, but it's hard to keep, like, doubling down on that when it, you, by comparison, what we're talking about today. Da, da, da. <laughs> there we go. I'll do my face palm real quick before we get into it, but, so my face palm is I have a serious problem with the back of our car and groceries. We have our car, like, you push a button, and it magically opens, and everything falls out. Oh, no. Every time we get groceries. Oh, no. It's usually a watermelon, lately. (laughs) And that's slightly okay because it just cracks in half and then we just eat it, you know, soon. Last night it was an entire gallon of milk, which in my defense I did not load. I picked up groceries and this person loaded it, this 17-year-old kid. And I opened it and both gallons of milk were just teetering on the edge so I could only save one. And the other one landed, split open, and within... 1.5 1.5 seconds, the entire gallon was just down our driveway. It was just split, oh. glug, glug, all gone. Oh, that's it sad. It was very sad. Yeah. And that's about the 10th time that's happened this summer. I've got to be better. I don't know what to do. I just don't even think about opening the top hatch, making sure it's all fine. It's just like, that's the whole point of the thing. Who has time for that? <laughs> oh, what the heck? <laughs> Anyways, oh, man, that's so, That's my face but no use crying over spilled milk, right? So we are going to talk about comparison and envy and jealousy today when it comes to ourself. And we're also kind of going to do a little series of episodes talking about comparison in general when it comes to our parenting and different things. We're starting off with us because that's where we always got to start. And I wanted to share, I came across two like flip sides of the coin of envy and that is that when you when you look at envy or jealousy there's usually two kinds there's benign envy which means is the kind of envy or jealousy where you you're relating to the person and you're respecting the person that you're kind of hoping to be like or has done something that you want to do and you see less of a gap between you and them and you can see the accomplishment or the thing as achievable. So that's benign envy or jealousy and I think that we can we can use that for our good. If if we can see, you know, oh that's that's something that I want and I think I'm going to make that a goal, but it's not malicious towards the person. And it's inspiring. Right. Like I feel lifted and inspired by people who I feel like progression's not it's not linear, but if you were to put it on a linear thing where I feel like, yes, they are ahead of me in so many ways, mm-hmm. but it inspires me and it pulls me. Mm-hmm. For me, how I know that I'm feeling what you're saying there, the benign envy, mm-hmm. how it feels to me is I'm like, I'm actually legitimately happy yeah. for their amazingness. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. how I know it's positive for me, right? Mm-hmm. It inspires me and I'm legitimately happy for them. Because mm-hmm. on the other side of the coin, <laughs> malicious envy, we're not feeling as... We all know that feeling when someone, well, I hope we all do. I know this feeling. (laughs) When someone accomplishes something that you want and you're not happy for them, Mm -hmm. you're jealous. Mm -hmm. Or they fail at something that you've, you know, you've been working for, they've been working for, and you're almost happy. So that's the other side. Yeah. Which, you know, it's interesting. And you just said that because we're talking, we're saying benign envy is, you know, we can use it for our good. And it's for people who are sometimes just a little bit... Mm -hmm. Like ahead of us on the progression 
scale. Again, I, I hate even saying that, but you guys get what I'm saying. Whereas this malicious envy can sometimes be used when you're dealing with somebody who's like so far that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even achieve that. Mm -hmm. But interestingly enough, as you said that, with writing, I feel it opposite. Mm. Really successful already writers, yeah. I am happy for them. I'm just yeah. in awe by their brilliance. Yeah. But when I see a mom like me, who's just like a regular person, mm -hmm. who does become this amazing bestseller, then I feel the weird jealousy. I feel totally. the negative kind. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So technically, totally. she is more like me, right? closer to me in achievability, and yet, because she is close to me, I feel that kind of envy. Isn't that interesting? Do you think it's the, because for me, when I, because I feel the exact same, where when they're like way far off, I don't even have the ability to feel jealous because I'm just like, well, take, check that off my thing. Yeah. I'm not going just, there. I just see them as they're so brilliant. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't even almost aspire to that level totally. of brilliance because it doesn't. Do you think it's the recognition of your ability, but, but not. Like, you could get there, but you have other things or taking yeah. up your time or you're choosing. Because that's always when I feel it. Yeah. I want something really bad. But for whatever reason, I can't do the steps to get yeah, there yeah, because yeah. of time yeah. or kids. Yeah. That's when I feel it. Big yes. time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> and I'm glad we both feel it. Yes. See, guys, one of the things we want to point out here with comparison, jealousy, envy, we're going to point out how to use it, there's there's gifts we can take from it, how to process it, tips to actually like not have to wallow in it, because it's a really unpleasant, uh, and jealousy is one of my least favorite feelings too. to feel in the world, me it's too. bad. So to actually be able to like process it and go through it. But the other thing we want you guys to know guys is we all feel it. Yeah. I mean, totally. you're not alone. I think there's something really good in realizing that Everybody sometimes feels these feelings, and they're negative, and they're mm -hmm. unpleasant. But guess what? We're all we're all feeling it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and even what I was saying, I just I, this is like tickling me. It's gonna bug me. Just so you guys know, I have lots of friends who have plenty of time reversing procedures done for them, and I am not saying that is a bad thing yeah. at all. Yeah. What I'm saying here though is that we all choose what aligns our. We want our actions to align with ourselves, and for me at this point in my life, what aligns with me is just being my age, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that I think anything you do can align with who you are. The question is, is it aligning with you? Mm -hmm. And if it does, then it doesn't matter. We're mm -hmm. not comparing either direction mm -hmm. is healthy. Mm -hmm. All that matters is that what we're doing is aligning with the inside Ourself. of us. Yeah. yeah. So there's no totally. action. No, there's no one action that's better in this realm. But I'm just pointing out that we all feel at some point in time even when we spend time with ourselves trying to fulfill ourselves and not getting into our ego and all those kinds of things, we still have little like flare-ups of like, oh my gosh, this person is so much better than me or I'm resentful mm -hmm. about how they look or what they do or their success. We all feel that. And I think what you touched on there that is so true is being comfortable inside our choice. And I think that's what recognizing these feelings helps us do and helps us work through because when we're feeling yucky is because we're out of alignment with our self and our, or we chose something, but we're not remembering that. And we're going to talk about that a little more 
So the other type of envy is malicious envy. It's kind of what we've been saying. So either you you don't see what they're doing as achievable and we'll add in here and or for some reason you can't achieve it but you want to. Mm -hmm. That. And so this is that feeling where I felt this so much. You totally get deactivated by it. Mm -hmm. It feels threatening. It's not even like, ooh, I want to learn how to do that. It's just like, I can never achieve that. I'm just like jealous of it for this and that reason. And it really diminishes our sense of self. And I think it diminishes how we see the other person and really separates us. And at least for me, the like a thing that really helps me with, with envy is to try to and this helps with everything, but try to see our sameness in another person and see like they had to go to, through a journey to get to that place and see how you would have, you know, your journey. But when, but when we totally separate ourselves and put them on this big pedestal and are just envious, that's the malicious envy that's not constructive. It's not going to help you in any way. Yeah. I love these two definitions because to me it really clarifies Benign envy, you're, you're feeling respect, you're feeling inspired, you're feeling pulled toward that, and it's achievable for you. Malicious envy, I love the word deactivating and threatening. Mm -hmm. You literally see somebody else's, what they have, as threatening to you. And the deactivating feeling feels like, to me, it's actually, instead of pulling me, it's actually pushing me down. Totally. Right? And you can tell, it's just, it's a vibe, guys. We mm -hmm. all know mm -hmm. that sometimes we're feeling that feeling of being pulled up by somebody's inspiring conduct yeah and other times and this isn't on them this is where the power comes guys is this is on us that if we are feeling deactivated and pushed away in some situations that can mean like in the social media aspect it could mean that maybe just don't follow that person right totally because they might be inspiring to somebody else but clearly to you it's deactivating so that's an easy way mm -hmm. but another good thing to try that I love is how Felicia was saying that sometimes when somebody has achieved something that's great and we think oh my goodness like that's we don't know what's gone into it to make them achieve that right totally. and I think asking yourself the question one of our big tips today is asking yourself the question take the gift of envy so the gift that comes from envy jealousy not comparison. I actually don't think there's any really gift in comparison. No. Yeah. But in just feeling those emotions of envy and jealousy, which I guess does come from comparison, is that you can recognize things that you desire. So ask yourself, when you feel jealousy, when you feel that feeling of like, ooh, that person succeeded and I'm feeling it, I'm feeling deactivated by it, you can ask yourself, is there something there that I want? Mm -hmm. Truly, deep down. And you might at first, the easy answer is yes. Yes. I want to be beautiful. Yeah. I want to be fit. I want to be successful. I want to be rich. House perfect. Yeah. I want that gorgeous house. I want that. Of course, you're going to say that. But then the follow-up question, and this is where the power really comes. So your first answer is probably yes. Yes, of course. I want that. Mm -hmm. But then you ask yourself, if I could have it, if I had to do what it would take to get that thing, would I do it? Mm -hmm. Would I? The sacrifices. The Yeah. Would I sacrifice what it takes to do that? Would I do that work to get mm -hmm. me there? Would mm -hmm. I have the surgery to get me there? Would I have this? When you start asking yourself the questions of would I actually choose this if I could have it? For me, I don't know percentage-wise, but a lot of the times I'm like, oh, no, I actually, I actually don't 
yeah. truly want that. Yeah. I'm feeling the envy because at first glance I want it. Yeah. But when I ask myself, truly, would I choose it? If I could have it, would I choose it? The answer is often no. And then guess what that does? It frees me. Yeah. And it actually allows that, that feeling just goes through me because I actually no longer envy them because I'm like, oh, I'm so happy with the choices that I've made that I have something different. Totally. Right? And that's okay. So to me, that second question is where the gift, the gift of envy is recognizing something that you desire. And that follow-up question of, would I actually choose this, is what releases me. Now, there are times, a lot of times, actually, I would say maybe, I don't know, 25% of the time, I'm just making this up, where when I ask myself that second question, would I choose this if I could have it? Sometimes it is. Yeah, I actually yeah. would choose that. So then the question is, so what am I doing? Right. To actually, how can I turn this into benign envy then? How can I turn this into pulling me towards something? Mm-hmm. And... A lot of times there's easy steps to be like, oh, yeah, it's practicing you my writing. You can actually figure out actions. Yeah. I can practice my writing every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I can do right now that will get me to that place. So you can actually change malicious envy, shift it, transform it into benign envy by asking yourself those questions, those three questions. Like, is this something that I want? Mm-hmm. Would I actually choose it? And if the answer is no, then you're free. If the answer is yes, then what can I do right now to start working towards mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And... A lot of the times that first question, what I do I want it, is the end result thing. So maybe it's a successful side hustle business. Or maybe it's, you know, yeah, bodybuilder physique. Or it's perfectly styled home that looks perfect in every picture that I see. And when I'm saying all this, I want you guys all to realize that social media is <laughs> the channel through which a lot of the times we feel these feelings 90% of the time 10% of the time maybe you know it's people that you actually know in real life but so if you're feeling this a lot just take social media out for a little bit because social media is just constantly new striving things to want Mm -hmm. and they know what you want so they give you more to want yeah it's just like a cycle it's the actual design of the entire psychology of social media Oh, right. it just, it's stressful sometimes when I think about it. I had a full-blown, it was maybe a year ago. It was when I first started noticing that I was aging. And I was talking to one of my yogi friends who she's probably, I don't know, late 60s. And just this really natural, glowing person who has embraced herself. And she said, she was like, oh, interesting you're feeling that way. Um, who are you following on social media? And I was like, oh, a bunch of 17-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got rid of them all. Not because I don't like 17-year-olds, yeah. but because it wasn't helping me, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it wasn't it's not serving, serving you. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah, and that's that that feeling of that, well, mm, that's a little bit different because even the end goal, it's like, well, I guess you could just get a lot of surgery, I guess. This... But I don't want to be 17. Right, thing. right. I would not trade where I am now yes. for being 17. Yes. I wouldn't. Yes, totally. So even though I appreciate that they're good at tumbling, yeah. It wasn't working for me, yeah, right? Totally. You know what I mean? Like, that's just to be clear. I wasn't, like, following just a bunch of, like, just to see their faces. Like, it was right. actually, like, they had skills that I was lacking. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> but I actually wouldn't choose to be 17. That's the cool totally. thing. That's the cool thing about a lot of these things is it does free me to be, like, I actually, the experience that I have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it mm-hmm. for that. And so. I think that's the realization in that second step is looking at, see what actually went into that goal and what the other person that, you know, you're feeling jealousy towards had to do and look at all of those things and look at the sacrifices or the trade-off or look at what, you know, you have chosen instead had 
you know, you wanted to take that path. And I think oftentimes for me, it's like, wow, I really wouldn't trade all of these things that I'm doing. It's the classic, what you say yes to, you have to say no to other things. And when I look at that, it's like, oh, I wouldn't trade any of those things. Those are, those are the things I'm choosing first. And maybe sometimes it is that you want to and that you would, and then that's the benign, actionable, healthy envy that can give you a direction instead of you're just wallowing in the jealousy. And something that this made me think of was um, I think there might be a tie to, and maybe this, I think this is for anyone, but I think especially for women and especially for mothers, when I've done this before, it's a realization that there was something that I really wanted and my values shifted. So, you know, at some point, so I really wanted something. And then at some point my value shifted and I wanted to have a baby. So that is kind of like a trapped want. And then seeing someone else achieves it, achieve it brings up that envy or jealousy. So it is something that I really want. It's trapped yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And for me, it's just the re-bringing it up, going through the morning of, I'm not at that stage because I chose these other things. And that's okay, yeah. but you do have to mourn it. I feel like it's yeah. like, a, oh, that's painful. And then, is there a way to reactivate it? Because it is something that I want. And maybe it's going to look different, but it's recognizing that that's okay. Like, yeah. it was but, back then. But had you not <laughs> had kids, you could have achieved it. And so you are kind of mourning that there are these right. two well, for me in my life, there's like seven alternate realities, right. right? Where you look back and you're like, oh, had I done this differently, I would be in this other place. Yeah. And you're right. It is a choice of value. And that brings up, I think this is really important because we start talking especially about parenthood. Mm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is so easy when you see somebody else who is, yes, cooking these from scratch organic meals every day. It is really easy to start saying like, well, they're probably neglecting their children. Totally. It's so easy to get into the, or their house looks like that, or their body looks like that, or they do this, or they do that, or their career looks like that. And we can easily, as parents, start being like, they're obviously not doing great totally. in every other area. Yeah. Just judge city. And and it makes us feel justified, right? Yeah. It makes us feel like, well, I am at least. I'm my, choosing yeah. that. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much better. Yeah. And I would say that when you find yourself doing that, there's two things that can be happening. One is... This is just another form of ego, trying to build ourselves up above somebody else. Right. And so whether that's true or not, that that person is like not even ever doing anything with their kids or not, mm-hmm. honestly, we don't know because it's, we're talking about the internet now. Yeah. So, and not even the internet. We're talking even just glancing even, at my neighbors. Yeah. Or at the soccer game. I get know. little, little snippets of somebody's life. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're spending their time, what their values are. Mm-hmm. So anytime I find myself indulging in that kind of thought of, well, they're probably really dropping the ball on really important things mm-hmm. if they're doing really great at that. Right. That's just me identifying that that's just my ego, trying right. to put myself above them and justify my own choices. And then the other thing that can be at play is guilt. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I see somebody doing something in an area that is important to me, that I'm not doing well at because I am choosing other things, the signal to me is I feel like I need to somehow put that person down in my mind to justify that I'm not doing great in something. And instead an invitation could be here to just to be like, you know what I do. And I admire what that person's doing and I'm feeling a little prick of guilt. So how can I shift my value again back to something that is important to me instead and resist the temptation to just put the other person down in our mind again, because it's just our ego over and over and over. 
But for me, that's a that's a little sign. It's like a red flag that goes up. When I start finding myself being like, well, yeah, they're, yeah, I'm feeling resentful <laughs> to them, and they're probably not doing great at this, this, and this, and this. And that's just us justifying. Anytime we're finding ourselves justifying something, it's a little flag for us to like really look deep inside. What are our values? What are we choosing? And do we need to re realign? Because sometimes we do, and that's okay. Yeah, and I think to get a little, as Oprah would say, woo-woo here, um, Eckhart Tolle, he has been my main teacher about ego. Um, his book, The New Earth, dives into ego a lot, and he says, when we are jealous, um, this is not a direct quote, but a summary of some things that he says about jealousy, we feel we aren't enough. So when you feel you aren't enough, your ego always needs to identify with something. So when we feel we aren't enough, we start grasping and striving. And it's our ego trying to find something to identify with. And in our, in our most healthy state, we are not identifying with any roles or attaching to anything. So, because when we do that, so say you're grasping, striving for to be the person who's cooking organic meals, whatever. So that grasping feeling, going towards that in an unhealthy way because our it's just our mind. It's not that we're actually taking the steps to do it in the present moment. We're just like, oh, I need to do that. I should do that. If I was a good mom, I would do that. And I'm jealous that she does that, whatever. Then we aren't in the present moment and we lose all that agency of, of choosing to even actually do it if we want to. So it's just, it's another form of that striving that we talk about where you lose your present moment awareness, which is where we want to try to be most of the time. Mm -hmm. But you can't be if you're jealous and envious. That's just, it's, it's like dwelling on the past. It's trying for something that you don't even know if you could get in the future in really an unhealthy, damaging way. Like when I feel that really jealous and envious, but I'm so deactivated that I don't even know a next step, I don't feel good. <laughs> Yeah. It feels, it's like one of my least favorite, worst yeah, feelings ever. And I have found myself backing myself up into a corner of a place that I don't even want to be. Yeah, totally. Like, for example, people who keep really clean houses, I admire, and sometimes I feel resentful to them because I, mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. And I'll hear them say something like, I had one friend tell me once, well, you're really playful with your kids. So your kid's probably like, and she's very meticulous, very clean. So she was saying it as like, she was jealous that I was yeah. playful, and I'm jealous that she has the desire. I mean, like, she loves it. Like, she mm -hmm. loves to clean and, like, mm -hmm. spends hours every day cleaning. But then I find myself backing I, – I, like, replay our conversation and back myself into my corner of, like, yeah, yeah, I, I play with my kids. <laughs> and that sounds miserable. And I back myself into a place where – but that's not even true. I actually do like a clean house. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. But when I get – when I get caught up in this feeling of jealousy of something that is not my strength, I find myself backing myself into a place deeper than I even want to be. Like I, I don't want to be, have disorganized stuff. Yeah. That, but I'm actually by really like leaning into that jealousy. Well, leaning in is good. Feel the feelings. Right. Totally. Right. But like by indulging in the discussion in my mind that yes, my way is better. Mm -hmm. I actually end up going farther in a direction I don't even want to go. Totally. So I think honestly, for me, regardless of what people are doing in their lives, it's helpful for me to say to myself, I just assume that everybody's doing their best. And yes, everybody's making choices about where they spend their time and their energy. And instead of judging 
that they're probably failing in another way, I realize that we are all just doing our best totally. and trying to make choices. And that helps me a ton. So as moms, we have a ton of demands on us that affect us both mentally, physically, and emotionally. And recently, I learned about an app called Mama Zen, and it's awesome. What's cool about it is that it really centers and gives you certain meditations that are specific for what's going on in your life right now. So at the very beginning, when you sign up for the app, you can kind of say what stage of motherhood you're in, whether it's like pregnant, new mom phase, or if you're like a little bit later in life and you have some older kids, and it specifically gives you recommendations of different meditations that you can do specific to what's going on in your life and the mental and physical and emotional demands that you have going on. So right now with me being pregnant, I have actually used this app for certain meditations to help me get ready for delivery as well as I'm kind of having some hard time sleeping. I wake up every two hours to go to the bathroom and sometimes I have a hard time going back to sleep. So some things that I've really liked about it is that it can give me these meditations that are really specific to whatever's going on with me right now. And I love that they can be anywhere from two minutes to 15 minutes. So whatever you've got going on in your life, you can kind of make it work for, for you. And another thing that I've absolutely loved about it is that the, when you choose a meditation, you can actually decide if you want to wake at the end or sleep at the end. That's which a is game super changer nice. yeah. for me. Yeah, because sometimes it's like, by the end of this, i got to be ready and alert to like keep going with my day. But then sometimes it's like, if it's in the middle of the night and I need to do one, I really would like to go back to sleep. So I've actually used both, which has been awesome because it's really been tailored for me and like what's going on in my life. So it's been really great. Yeah, the voices on the Mama Zen app are great. For me, a meditation with a not soothing voice does not work. So I, lo I love their voices. I tried the Release Perfectionism meditation. It was fantastic. And I'm going to double down on the wake, wake or sleep. So, so great. So we have a special code for our listeners. So you guys can try Mama Zen for free for 30 days. And to do that, you just go to Mama Zen, which is M-A-M-A-Z-E-N, and that's in the app store. And you just type in the promo code, find the magic, just all one word, find the magic, and you get a full 30 days with unlimited access. And you can try all sorts of amazing short or long meditations. Some of my favorite options are patience for never-ending bedtime, being more present with my child, and they also have an SOS de-stress just for when you need a short, like you're, you're having a moment and you really need to pull it back. Or you can stop emotional eating when you're feeling it like right in the moment. Try it out and let us know how you feel about it. And something that also helps me here is one of my favorite tips with this subject is identifying ego. So like Felicia was saying, Eckhart Tolle is probably my favorite teacher about ego. And the thing about ego is it works on both sides. So ego is when you think somebody is better than you. That's pride, right? And you could say the word pride here as well. Pride is thinking you're above somebody else, and it's also thinking you're below somebody else. It's anytime we're putting any of us on a hierarchy of any kind. That's why I didn't like my own description of a progression scale because it is putting something above and below. Right. As I say that, I mean, it's obvious if you're working towards a specific skill, it is like a progression, right? right. So I'm acknowledging that there is obviously such thing as progress. But anytime we're putting, like, you're now worth more because you're above, 
mm -hmm. or you're worth less because you're below somebody. We're just objectifying each other. So when we realize that we are all worth, we're all worthy inside of ourselves, no matter how far along we are on any progression scale, that's where we're able to actually like dissolve this prideful ego. And so for me, my most helpful thing that I've really, I don't know, I've heard, I heard about this tool maybe seven or so years ago, but I didn't start doing it until after I read A New Earth. And Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the ego, and he says that we oftentimes operate out of ego without even realizing it. So it's when we come, become aware that it is our ego operating, that's where it loses its power. So it's awareness. It's realizing that it's separate from yourself, that you yourself are a being, not a doing. You're a being, and the ego is not your true self. So anyway, that I took this tool that I learned from another teacher, and that is I have named my ego. I have two, I have two names because my ego is very duplicitous, right? <laughs> my ego, the ego that thinks, that loves, prays, and feeds off of when I'm better than somebody as something, or the, the part of me that walks into a room and thinks, where do I fit on the hierarchy in here? That I've named Ronaldo, and... He like loves it when he's like above other people, right? And again, this is, I love praise and I love it. I really do. But Ronaldo's the part of me that like soaked it in and puts my value on it. Like right. who said that I'm good at this? What did they say? And just soaks it in, right? The opposite side of that same coin though, which is still my ego, the other face on the other side is, I've named her Tabitha. <laughs> and Tabitha is the one inside of me who feels insecure about things like, aging or that I haven't written the great work of art that I want to or whatever it is all those kinds of things that compares myself and looks at other people who I consider above me in progression and feels that just like insecure feeling and is constantly comparing and she's exhausting frankly like oh. I actually was doing some journaling work the other day and Tabitha was just being so loud <laughs> and I honestly was like Tabitha I didn't swear because I, I don't <laughs> And I was like, Tabitha, F off, okay? Like, <laughs> get off my back, okay? Like, it was bothering. Like, she was distracting. Like, it was really loud. And so what I'm saying is it helps me, though, and it brings humor to me. Like, when I can actually, like, I'm not saying that these are separate actual people. I'm just saying yeah. this is a dynamic inside of myself that when I can separate, that my ego is not me, and I can actually say, like, yeah, you know what? Ronaldo really loved that. Like, I realized that it actually isn't my source of worth. That thing, that amazing, like, the thing that filled my ego that I got a lot of feedback from that everybody was like, Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Recognizing that like it's Ronaldo who loves that. Right. My worth is actually just still the same as it was before I did the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I brought my worth with me when I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. just going to stay here. It's just Ronaldo who loves it. I can still enjoy it like right. a treat. Right. But I'm not depending on that praise for my sustenance, for my survival. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause when I start really, really operating an ego, it feels to me like that praise it feels like um, Anne Lamott calls it little piles of cocaine for her ego. I was going to say, it's just chasing a high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's just these dopamine hits uh -huh. where you're just like, I need it, I need it, I need it. But to realize we actually don't need it. Uh -huh. We can enjoy praise. Again, bring it through. Let it go through us. But realize that it is not our identity. That's where I start feeling free and not that I'm just searching after it. So I can... Pat Ronaldo on the back and be like, I know you liked that, but just so you know, like I'm not getting my worth from this. Mm -hmm. And then Tabitha can be like, I, I hear you. <laughs> it's rough. 
But guess what? I don't get my worth from that either. Right. And to me, separating it, and this to me, guys, actually works with any part of your, I have friends who use this with mental illness. They actually name their illness mm-hmm. and will say things like when depression, because depression has specific, very specific dialogue, right? Like it sounds, it's like a tape it starts playing, you know, mm-hmm. life is not worth living. I'm not worth anything here. There's no hope for the future. Only despair. As soon as that tape starts playing, like I have one friend who she'll say, that's Edith. Mm-hmm. Whatever she's named her. You know what I mean? Like, that's actually not me. Right. That's that tape that keeps playing. If you have an abusive parent and you have a tape that plays, my mom talks about this, this tape that plays in your mind. You're not worthy. You're a bad girl. Whatever it is that that says. As soon as that tape starts playing, if you can name that voice, give it a name, make it a funny name. You know, you can, I have one friend who she named her ego Taz, you know, <laughs> like the Tasmanian devil. Mm-hmm. If you can bring some humor into it, it makes, it just separates it just enough for you to realize that you, deep down, are something different, even greater, deeper than your thoughts, than your ego, than all of those things. It just gives that you that little bit of separation. So for me, that's a tool. It sounds kind of wacky, but I love it. Like I really, it's really helpful to me to realize that that is just my ego, and by giving them kind of funny names, it helps me. And when you were just saying that, and I was thinking about naming my ego. I totally, oh, and this is when I'm like, yes, Eckhart would give me some praise here, my Ronaldo, some praise, is when I, when I was doing that, when I was thinking about what would I name my ego, I had to come into my awareness and separate my ego and see it over here. And it is in that awareness, that space, that we see that we're separate from all those things, jealousy, envy whatever whatever it is and that's exactly what you're saying it gives that little bit of separation for you to realize that that isn't you and you have so much more power in that space because it doesn't mean you're not still going to feel emotions connected to it of course but it allows you to separate from it being you yeah that you are not your emotions we feel these emotions and we lean into them we don't run away from them we identify them we lean into them but we realize that we are not them. Yeah. Totally. And Eckhart totally, again, I, I know we're just like loving everything he's saying on this subject, but um, he says in his book, A New Earth, he says that ego-generated emotions are derived from the mind's identification with external factors, which are, of course, all unstable and liable to change at any moment. So guys, this is everything in our lives. This is our age, our looks, our, su- our outward success, even like your relationship status, Right? Everything on the outside is liable to change, right? Like life is change. That's what change, That's what life is. Then he says, the deeper emotions are not really emotions at all, but states of being. Emotions exist within the realm of opposites. States of being can be obscured, but they have no opposite. They emanate from within you as the joy, love, and peace that are aspects of your true nature. So, joy, so they're consistent. Yeah, there and they're this like deep, and if you feel it inside of you, it's, it is this cool feeling of this is why this is why I meditate, mm-hmm. honestly, because mm-hmm. you're tapping into that state of what is the inside of me, the part that doesn't change, that part that is love, joy, peace. Because if we start going on the outside, every emotion does have its opposite. Mm-hmm. You have the, you know, the excitement, the thrill, and then the exhaustion the next day. It's kind of like that. That's like mm-hmm. the metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. That you have 
on the opposite side of extreme happiness is extreme sadness mm -hmm. and they're paired mm -hmm. right all mm -hmm. of all of our emotions have their opposites but I just really like the idea that emotions realizing from for some reason this was mind-blowing to me and I've read this book several times <laughs> but that our emotions that we talk so much about in the end are not us that doesn't mean we have to run away from them yeah. all these things we're talking about jealousy like we both mentioned in the beginning is seriously on my top three feelings that I hate to feel yeah I mean I legitimately loathe the feeling mm -hmm. of jealousy mm -hmm. it is very unpleasant so it's easy for me just to try to distract myself from it tap it down say or even shame myself and Lamont says that she she's actually uh, in her book bird by bird she has an entire section dedicated to jealousy and it's hilarious <laughs> I mean I was laughing out loud the stuff that she was saying because she was like you know she was describing how hard it is for her when another author is really successful one of her friends and then, then she feels bad about it. And she said, one of the things that she said that really helped her that a friend told her was, maybe it isn't not feeling jealousy that we're going for, but not allowing your jealousy to fuel your own self-loathing. Mm. So sometimes we beat ourselves up. We either distract ourselves or we beat ourselves up about even feeling it. Like, oh man, I just feel so, I must be a terrible person yes. for even feeling that. And she says, sometimes this human stuff is slimy and pathetic. Jealousy especially so. But better to feel it and talk about it and walk through it than spend a lifetime being silently poisoned. Because jealousy that. does. It feels like it poisons us when we keep it inside of us. Totally. So recognize it. Identify it. Talk about it. Make it funny if you can. Write about it. Whatever you need to do to process it and let it go through you because it is like a poison when you just let it sit inside of us. Yeah. And distracting is another form of just letting it sit inside of us. Totally. We do that with so many negative emotions, but especially jealousy. I also think if it's someone that you know that's close to you, I vulnerability really helps me. And I have to get to like a whole new, I have to be a close person and I have to get to a whole new place. Like it has to be in a healthy place with my jealousy. But if I can be vulnerable with how I'm feeling with them and also see their vulnerabilities you know, like see, well, maybe it's in fact that we're trying to get to a very similar place and we can, we can, you know, like help and support each other. But I'm spending all this time being like resentful and jealous mm -hmm. when really, you know, if, if it's someone close and that's only happened to me a couple times, but I do think that we attract people into our lives that maybe are on similar trajectories. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we do have that little bit of like resent like oh they're getting to do that or like jealousy and that really helps me see if I can see the person's vulnerability and see ways that I can help or serve them and you were talking about service right yeah I think service is one of the antidotes as you're talking about vulnerability and seeing somebody it is difficult to objectify somebody which is what we do when we're operating from ego seeing them as above or below us mm -hmm. it is difficult to objectify people when we truly can see all of them. Yeah. Truly. I mean, because then if you can truly see somebody, you see that their struggles, you see how difficult it is to make the choices in life about what to put your energy into. You can see all of that. I've actually never met a person that when I truly get to know them, I can't empathize with them. Yeah. Right? Like you can see where they're coming from. So to me, service is another antidote to jealousy. Because, well, I mean, let's just use, for example, a homeless person, right? Mm -hmm. It is easy to walk past somebody who's homeless 
and judge them and put yourself above them. So like Ronaldo is like having a party. Like, yeah, I have a house. Right. So I'm really nailing it. Yeah. And like, yeah. But the times where I have been and actually served people who were homeless and had conversations with them, I realized how complicated their lives are and what brought them to that place. And every time I've ever done that, guys, I have only felt love mm-hmm. for them. When I actually opened my eyes to see somebody's experience, the opposite of jealousy, but still, again, same thing, it's still ego, it melts away because mm-hmm. you are able to see another human being as a person. And the same thing goes with successful people, right? If you can do it from a place of how can I serve in any way and actually see the person, mm-hmm. you do realize that they're just a person, right? They're not an object to be coveted. I'm not a prize to be won. Won? <laughs> Name that movie. Frozen? Aladdin. Oh. <laughs> but the people are not that. objects. If we can actually get to know somebody and learn to love them, then that feeling does dissipate automatically because mm-hmm. you realize that we're the same. The core of us is the same. And so I think service, even if you start out your service from a space of ego, thinking right. I am better than these people. To me, when you truly dig in and serve, it is, for me at least, almost always dissolves. Ego just starts dissolving away because you realize that we are all really just people who are trying our best with the tools we've been given. And some people have really difficult, have had really difficult cards handed to them in one way or the other. And it makes me then look at my own life and say, a lot of this is not me. Yeah. I cannot take credit for some of my life, yes, is a result of my own actions. Mm-hmm. And some is just how I, there is no, I don't believe there is such thing as a self-made person. Right. Like I am a conglomerate of everybody who I've ever loved and my circumstances and my childhood and everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes me, then it makes me look at my own achievements and realize with a very humbling view of, honestly, I really can't take credit for most of this. Mm-hmm. And I am just going to enjoy being, feeling alive and realize that, yeah, the core of us is the same. So, yeah, to me, service is a huge antidote for ego, for sure. Do you think that you can get to a place of, I don't know, a serving might be a strong word, but of vulnerability and seeing, and maybe it is even serving someone who you perceive as, so, like, the opposite. You perceive as, like, above you, you'll never be, like, what you want to be, like, that feeling. Mm-hmm. If you know them person I've never had an experience where I've served somebody like that I I actually have friends who have though who have said like I went in she was struggling I went and helped her in her home and I realized how difficult other aspects of her life were right Right. so I have like I I've heard of experiences like that so I haven't had that necessarily with service but I have had that where I have perceived somebody as way above me in whatever way and I felt envy of some kind maybe a little bit of malicious envy maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then just simply getting to know them so this isn't necessarily a service but just truly actually right. getting to know the person makes me realize that there is no such thing as a perfect life mm-hmm. and I have had a couple times in my life where I have been just so humbled to realize that, that person actually has really really big struggles that nobody knows about mm-hmm. and it's just eye-opening to realize so yeah I have had that from yes I would say more from, the, from a vulnerability with a desire to see somebody I haven't experienced it personally with service but I know it's possible. Everybody is in need of service throughout their lives, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you have the capacity to serve somebody who you do have that malicious envy towards, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that it would be very yeah. dissolving 
they would dissolve that and be away, don't you think? Totally. And just getting out of that, like they have everything perfect. Everything is so great for them, for me type mindset. Yeah. I think that would really help. You know, this is going to sound so silly. It's just practicing, but I actually do love doing it. Because as I'm thinking of the people who I feel this and before, all the times it's somebody who I don't know personally, yeah. right? So something that I do sometimes before bed. I don't do it every night. It would probably be a good practice, though. Um, but when I'm really feeling this, like, ooh, just like a little, I don't know, it feels like a little, I don't know, like a little prickle. Yeah. Like a, um, like an annoying thorn or something, mm-hmm. right? Ooh, like a rash. That's what it feels like ooh, to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a rash where it's like, ooh, just kind of itching me. This person's success, which I know isn't helpful. Obviously, mm-hmm. we all know with our logical minds that being unhappy for, the, for somebody else's success is not healthy, nor is it helpful, nor does it feel good. So there are times where I actually practiced. I actually started this in high school. I can still remember the girl I practiced it on. <laughs> she was really pretty and really nice and really everything that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, she was just a really wonderful person. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, as I got to know her, guys, guess what? She actually had these health problems. Then when I got to know her, I realized she was suffering with daily pain that I didn't even know oh. about. So it's actually a really good example of somebody who I actually did see as, like, and she had a beautiful singing voice. And, I mean, she was just wonderful. And as I got to know her I, and I saw her own pain, I realized, yeah, we're, I just learned to love her. But anyway, this is before I learned to love her. This is when I was just feeling jealous of her. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as a teenager being like, okay, this isn't helpful to me, obviously. We, this does not feel good. So I'd practice being happy for her, being like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to see her face and think, you're really pretty. Mm-hmm. And you're really happy. And you're really friendly. And just seeing it as a statement and just, can I just admire it instead of being jealous of it? So I actually just practice it. So now sometimes when I'm really feeling it for somebody, I'll actually say to myself, and again, these are people I don't even know, but like, I am so happy that your book is so successful. Like, I really am so happy. I don't feel it at first, and then I say it a few times, and I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. actually kind of feeling it. Yeah. So it's just practicing. It sounds so silly, but it's literally no, I like that. practicing feeling happy for somebody. So when you see somebody have a success that you feel this envy for, you've recognized it's something that I either want, or if I could choose it, I wouldn't want it. You've done this practice. Then you can just say, okay, now I'm going to choose to feel joy from this. So I feel happy for you. I feel happy for you. Yes, I feel happy for you. And that works for me. And it might not work for you. It might not be, it might be too like far, but I like actually practicing it. Yeah, I, I want to try it. And maybe in some ways you can come to, and maybe it's, you might not come to like this pure joy, but you might see parts of their accomplishment in which you really can feel some happiness. Maybe it'll just yeah. be a little part. And if you look at this from a non-altruistic standpoint, from just, you know, if we're looking at manifesting, yeah, anytime you can tap into the feeling of achieving the thing you want to achieve, you're bringing yourself closer to it, right? So if I see somebody, let's just use the book for example. If I see somebody who's written a successful book and all I feel is jealousy, I am pushing away that own success in my mm-hmm. own life. If we're looking at it from an energetic standpoint. I'm, like, bringing my vibration to the opposite side of that, right? However, if I can say, you know, I am genuinely happy for you and believe it and maybe even take it a step further and imagine what it would be like to feel that myself, Mm -hmm. then we're just pulling, if we can be happy for other people's successes, it's actually pulling us towards that ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, again, I mean, maybe let's not have that be our first reason for doing this. Right. Because, but it really does actually make us happier and bring us more towards our goals if we can learn to truly look at the universe as a place of abundance, right? Right. 
Because I think part of us thinks that, well, if you're successful with that, that means there's not space for me. That's almost always what jealousy feels like for me. Like, if you did it, then I can't. Yeah. Right. But the beauty is, you can. In fact, if you know somebody who is successful at it, your chances probably are higher because it is about who you know. And you can talk to their agent is or whatever. I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert who, about writing specifically, says, anytime we're going for something like that in writing, she's like, it's realizing that, and she actually used Anne Lamont, which is funny as an example. Mm -hmm. She's like, realizing that just because they are successful does not mean that I have to not be successful. And that there maybe is a space for me somewhere in between these amazing people. And that I can actually admire them for their amazingness and still realize that I have a space. Like I can actually have my own space, whatever that is. And it's, I don't know, it's, I think it's easier said than done. I understand this intellectually, mm-hmm. but <sighs> emotionally, mm-hmm. that's why I'm practicing, right? Yeah, that's totally. why I have to just practice it over and over and over. But for me, it actually is helpful to legitimately say, here's a success. I'm feeling jealous. I kind of want them to trip. Okay, let's analyze this. Walk through those three questions we just told you about. Maybe do some talking with Ronaldo and Tabitha. And then say, okay, now I'm going to practice. Am I happy for them? Yes, yes, I can be happy for them. I can feel that. There is enough in the world to go around. There's plenty. There's more than enough abundance. And it totally changes the way I feel inside. And this just brought up, because I felt this emotion so strongly, when I get to that place, the true happiness for another person's success is very emotionally overwhelming in a positive way for me. When I feel, when somebody else does something that I know they've been wanting to do, yeah. and I feel true happiness for them, yeah. I almost feel happier than when I feel happy for something I achieved. Yeah. It's like such an amazing feeling that... Yeah, that's that true. Makes you want to try for it more. Like for your kids. Totally. As you said that, you know what just dawned on me? Love. That's actually, I think, the key to all of it. Because, mm-hmm. like, my kids, when they achieve something, it is almost better than me because yeah. I love them mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously depending on your own spiritual practice. But for me, I have found anytime I ask God to help me see somebody, their actions, their whole selves through God's eyes instead of through my own, all of this stuff is is all like ego that's all coming from me mm-hmm. and god has helped me a lot with that so that's another tip that anytime i can say like help me just see this through your eyes mm-hmm. whether the person it's malicious envy or i'm putting myself on a pedestal above somebody else every single time god opens my eyes to see that every person is so lovable mm-hmm. and when i can tap into that love then all these kinds of peripheral things do just fall away. So mm-hmm. I think what you're saying, literally, like I think, honestly, I think the answer to all of this is love. So Can we cultivate love for our fellow beings? Mm-hmm. Because if so, we're not going to objectify them and put them above or below us. Yeah. And we can be happy for them because we love them, right? Yeah, And totally. we can feel empathy for them and their sadness because we love them. Yeah. Even if we don't sure. know them. I love that. It all comes back to love. We have some journaling prompts that we want to share with you guys we're going to share them in our email so some journaling tools for envy jealousy comparison and writing i do have to like just echo is i think the best for processing this kind of stuff me too it helps so much so if you're not on our email list you can subscribe on our website which is findthemagic.co yes dot co not dot com and if you feel inclined leave us a review it helps us um reach new people and 
We love you all. We love your reviews. If you have a listener question, we're going to be doing an episode on listener questions coming up so you can leave them in a review so we can help you while you're helping us. All right, let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>